0: Welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm so excited to have you join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs in the photography industry as we discuss photography, building a business, and still having a life through it all. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom post-production for the wedding and portrait photographer. And now, let's dive into conversation. Okay, so we are officially live. Was well, as live as you're going to get in a pre-recorded podcast interview. But um, I'm here with my friend Katie, uh, with Katie Peger Photography. Thank you so much for coming on. Really, kind of last minute too. I reached out to you just a couple of days ago, and you were you were game. Uh, I think you and you even sent me a, a funny little drop the mic emoji too. It it, it uh, made it even better. <laughs> But Katie has a certain passion and drive about her that is infectious. And uh, I, I've told her so many times before, I'm, I'm surprised that more of the photography industry doesn't know about her. And we'll kind of get into some of those reasons why both as an individual and then as a business person, you've really impressed me. I have so much respect for what you're doing. But where does that, that passion and that drive come from, do you think?
1: I think I was just a relentless child. My parents had no idea what to do with me. I wear everyone out. <laughs> no, so what did... I mean, that's seriously, I, I hate to say it, but like, you know, I, I just have, it's just the way I am. I, I, don't, know, I don't know any other way to be. Um, friends of mine are like, I, I'm about to start a teacher training with this really awesome guru yoga teacher in Baltimore. And she's and my, one friend said to me, Well, I hope that she breaks you and teaches you how to slow down a little bit. And I'm like, man, break me. That's, that's an interesting observation. But I think that a lot of my people that are close to me are like, you know, you're just like 150 miles an hour with your hair on fire the whole time. And I'm like, well, you know, my lifestyle just dictates that. And it doesn't bother me. There are times where I get kind of weary, but then I just nap it off and keep going.
0: Do you find it Do you find it difficult to... Um to be able to, to sit in the quiet? like I, I think what you're describing reminds me of an interview that I heard of Tony Robbins, who is also that personality type that's just extremely passionate and going 100 miles an hour all the time. And somebody asked him about, Tim Ferriss actually asked him about meditation. He was And, and in his mind, the idea of sitting quietly, it just didn't fit his personality. It didn't fit the way that he approached life. Do you I mean, do you meditate? I'm, or I'm that- getting
1: there. I'm learning to, there are outlets for that. And for me, yoga has been, I mean, I've only been practicing a little over a year, but getting on my mat and enjoying that, like, quiet, you know, somewhat repetitive, um, the nature of it. I mean, yes, I'm pushing my body. I'm sweating. I'm, I'm you know, gaining um, a lot out of it. But mostly, it's a very much a, like a therapeutic thing for me. Um so that's really where I I take my my peace and quiet time and you know I do spend a fair amount of time alone at home I'm um divorced so I share time with my three kids with with their dad and so half the week I am by myself so if I'm not working or in yoga on my yoga mat then I am home alone with my dog and you know our conversations are pretty pretty one sided so um, yeah, so I, I've kind of learned in these last couple of years to take a little bit more time and to enjoy that. And I am embracing it more and more. I think it was kind of a foreign idea to me at, at one point.
0: And do you think yoga has, has helped you with that? I mean, I, you said you've been in it for a year and, and I know that you're 110% passionate about it. Like, like anything you do, it seems. Um, what, what have you gained from yoga personally? And then how has that kind of translated into your photography business.
1: Well, really the big thing about yoga, the overwhelming, you know, thing that I kind of take away from it is balance. And, you know, in the yoga room when you're when you're doing the postures, you know, it's not supposed to be easy, but it's not supposed to be hard. You're not supposed to go at a fast pace or a slow pace. You're, you know, it's it's that the yin and yang kind of working together makes it a perfect practice. It's not about nailing, you know, a super hard posture. It's about um, making it a lifelong thing, and in order for it to be a lifelong thing, you need to really kind of know when to push and go to your edge, and know when to listen to your body and, and pull back a little bit. and And so that's just a really good lesson. And, and you know, our, all the teachers that I've gone to has have always said to me, the real yoga is what we do off the mat. It's the kindness that we show others. It's the peace that we have in our lives. Um, and it's the balance that we try to practice. In our lifestyle. So, I mean, for me, the lessons I am learning in, in the yoga studio and on my mat have great impact in in my life, professionally and personally.
0: And you talk about the idea of balance, and, and I used to use that word a lot um, as somebody who's a bit of a self professed minimalist. The unicorn, and, Nate, and it time doesn't thing. exist. Well, and, and that's, as I'm, as I'm now slowly growing up a little bit, I'm, I'm realizing the subjectivity of that word. And, and it's almost laughable at times to even really? use the word, it seems, because the, the notion of balance really is, it's almost arbitrary. You know, one person sees it one way, another person sees it another way. What does balance look like for you in your life personally, professionally?
1: Oh, man. Um, balance is kind of getting to the end of the day and saying, okay, I may have made an impact, I may have only crossed three things off my list when I had 10 to cross off, but I at least made an impact in those things that I concentrated on. I was a good mom. Um, that's important to me is that I take time with my family um, and make sure that they know that they're a priority in my life and that I'm not working so hard that they're falling, you know, out of that whole position. Um, and that I get a adequate amount of sleep. I mean, I know you're going to, you're, you're cheerleading in the background for me right now. Get a, get enough sleep. That's a big thing. I think that, you know, when we're professionals and that's something that I fail at constantly, I work really late. A lot of times when I, on the nights that I don't have my kids at home, I will work late, late, late into the night, just because either I want to get ahead or I want to catch up or I want to, you know, I'm having a creative seizure and I'm writing things down furiously and want to, just spill something out of my head um but yeah balance is like you know for me it's getting enough sleep making sure my kids know they're number one in my life and um and that I was able to at least impact somebody and with my photography or that I was able to just kind of check a few things off and that I can put my head to the pillow at night and say all right that wasn't too bad
0: that's awesome. I love the way that you that you put all that together and describe it. When you talk about making time for your kids, though, is there something, are there a couple of tangible things that you do maybe on a daily or weekly basis that allows you to create that time for them, something you can share with other uh, photographers who have kids?
1: It's so funny to me. I mean, I, I remember actually, um, you know, obviously transitioning from being in a marriage to not and having to create a whole new, you know, schedule and you know, reinforcing their importance and all those things—it's it's just a huge undertaking. Um, and so, it, it's funny because a, a lot of my friends who are still married and have their kids full time—they get really worn out, and they're like, "Man, I would—I could use a break every now and again." And I believe that. Um, so, I always say, like, the worst thing about. Being divorced is that I don't get to see my kids every day, and the best thing about being divorced is that I don't get to see my kids every day, so I just try to make the time that I have with them the best time possible. So I just try to silence other things and dedicate myself to them, whatever it is we're doing. Um, you know they're pretty active, they're eight years old, five years old, and three years old, so they're quite quite busy little people, so I just try to, whatever is on the agenda for the day, let them know that they just feel that I'm present and with them.
0: I love that. And, it, and really, it just comes down to a simple proactivity on your part, which uh, is really, really great. I think we have a tendency, and, and I say we because I'm ultimately included, but we have a tendency of at times complicating the notion of choosing to create space, right? Choosing to create time, uh, maybe occasionally for ourselves, just to, to sit in the quiet or to take a break from work. But in this case, to make time for our kids, um, I can I can absolutely empathize with and relate to that. And I, I, I have a lot of respect for you making that a priority. That's really, really cool. I kind of want to take a step back before the photography career launched. Um, you were involved in a couple of different things. You had a jewelry company. Was that kind of yeah. your first foray into business prior to the photo business?
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, and... I went to Penn State. I took um, the majority of the art classes that I took there were um, like metal smithing classes, um, and I took a few, quite a few years of that. And so I, I had some skill at a jeweler's bench, and decided that I I was in a band actually at college, in that same time. So I had sort of like my night job and then my day job. I, I wasn't waking up until like ten in the morning because I was out with my band until late at night. And so I would get up and I would just spend some some time um, making jewelry. And that kind of um, that transitioned me into photography, actually, because in order to sell my work, I was enlisting in lots of fine art shows that were juried events and I needed to make slides. And at the beginning of that, I was sending pieces out to be photographed and they were coming back and I was kind of looking at them and dissecting them and wondering how I could replicate that somehow. So I bought a DSLR camera and a lens and some equipment. And I just sort of started there. And I taught myself how to kind of shoot off manual. But it was all just still tiny little objects. And I got quite good at it in a relatively short period of time. But as you know, shooting portraits is a whole other beast. And so it wasn't until Luke was born that I was like, well, I have this fancy camera and I'm going to start taking pictures of my little baby, who I love so much. And, you know, you want to document every waking moment of their lives. And so I was plowing through quite a bit of, quite a bit of photos. And so transitioning for me, um, I just did some like online workshops. I mean, truth be told, I'm self-taught in in the photography, um, medium. So, but it really was amazing because when I finally let go of my jewelry business, I really fully embraced photography as that like medium that was my home. And that is a really great feeling for someone that kind of waded through her university years, not knowing exactly what she wanted to be. I was good at a lot of things, but just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have passion for it. So, you know, I never really felt like I had found my calling until I had a camera in my hands. So that was a really, really great foundational feeling for me to have finally in life.
0: Wow, but that's really significant though, the fact that you were in music and I know you were really passionate about music. Uh, mm-hmm. and and then had the jewelry company. How long did you how long were you involved in the jewelry industry?
1: I think it was probably about eight years. Wow. About eight years. Yeah. I mean it was a, it was fun. I traveled all around the country and like, you know, my parents joked that I was like their little gypsy child, but you know, what are we? Artists. That's what we do.
0: But you, for for you to be involved for that long in that industry and yet then come upon photography almost by accident and, and that actually make you feel like you found the thing.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I lasted quite a long time with the jewelry. And I, it was a passionate thing for sure. I loved creating it. I loved being able to watch something physical, tangible that I created walk out the door and that someone got enjoyment out of it. But it's different um, in that in photography – The subject is my client and I am creating art that features them. So there's a greater connection for me with the photography as a medium because I am capturing them and they're walking away with a piece of me. So there's this two-way street thing happening, which I feel I've created incredible friendships and incredible relationships both with colleagues and clients over the years that are – I mean, just amazing people that will open up their lives for me to come in and kind of take a little piece and give a little piece. So for me, it's a it's a huge relationship game and um, just a huge pouring out of my own self and, and hoping that they're reciprocating at the same time.
0: I love the way that you describe that that exchange. Though I'm not sure if I've heard a photographer describe it that way before, where you're each kind of giving a little bit to each other.
1: Every time I have a camera in my hand, I am looking to connect with that person. I don't feel that I can adequately capture who they are without a connection, and it's a tr- and I have to ask for their trust. And when you're handing over somebody to some, like basically, I'm am asking them to say, "Trust me with your personal appearance." And that's a huge amount of courage that it takes for somebody to say, "I'm trusting you with my personal appearance. That you're not going to make you're going to make me look my best." And walking into a studio and, and having to earn that trust in five or 10 minutes, a lot of these clients I've never met before they walk in is a, is a big deal. So I, I have a great reverence for what I do and um, a great amount of respect for the people that you know, walk through my door. And it's, um, I want to have them leave feeling, feeling like I not only satisfied them from a customer service aspect, but I fulfilled them in a way that they may not have been expecting.
0: Yeah. Did you take the way that you, the way that you're currently running your photography business, which seems very calculated, did you learn a lot from the jewelry industry or did you have to kind of hit the reset button with the photography business? No,
1: I think I really did hit reset. I mean, I worked, um, I had a brief stint working for an interior designer when I, I had moved from, from another state to Maryland. And I was kind of like, just kind of trying to Get a new base and so i was still doing the jewelry and i wasn't with my band anymore and i was like i think some more supplemental income would be good but i want something creative and this was like the one time that i worked for someone else that i adored my job and i did this this interior designer was like a a creative mentor and like a mother to me she was so wonderful And um, I think that I learned a lot from her because she was this girl boss and just handled it. She just there were so many things, and she was dealing with very, very high income, um, high profile, big, big, big jobs, and dealing with so many balls in the air all the time. And just kind of watching her multitask, I definitely learned a lot in in that job. And you know, we she also had a retail space that kind of mirrored her her design, um, her and her partner's design. Uh, game and they, you know, they, the, the design office was upstairs and the retail was downstairs and I kind of floated in between. And so I had to deal with customers as well. So all those things were instrumental as well. So I think that that kind of bridged the gap for me between the jewelry and, and the photography. That was kind of like the, the little middle, middle thing that was happening and kind of getting me aware of my new community too. I mean, you can't just start from in a new community and not know anyone. So having a little bit of visibility on that sales floor allowed me to meet some people and kind of interact a little bit. I did some shooting for, for her, um, in, in the store for ads and things like that. So it was all kind of, it was a big old mix of things. And I think that, you know, to transition a little bit into the types of photography that I do now, like I target her. She's my target person. She's my target client. I love photographing women and especially women that seem to be able to juggle it all, but may not necessarily look in the mirror every day and see this incredible value in themselves that others see.
0: She had an incredible strength about her. It sounds like, and, and a certain level of passion that that she brought to the table every single day. And that that is very much yeah. uh, a mirror of what uh, you seem to have brought to your photography business, which is, is, again, it's so powerful and a lot more people need to see that. But talk a little bit about your specialty in, in your photography business right now. What type of portraiture you're doing?
1: So I uh, love photographing women. I, I do a little of everything. I do, you know, 10 weddings a year or less, um, you know, being a mom of three, I'm not really willing to give up every single weekend um, to 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 do that. But for the select brides that come through my door, I love working with them. And, you know, five to 10 weddings a year is the perfect number for me. Um, I will always photograph families. I just, I'm connected to my community in that way. And I love being able to photograph A family um, as it grows from having little kids on up. That's really a great, great relationship for me. Um, But ultimately, photographing women was something that just became insanely important to me. I think when I was going through my divorce, I had all of these wonderful ladies in my life that were uh, supporting me. And it was just, it amazed me how, you know, the girlfriends seem to be the ones that always will answer the battle cry, whether I was asking for it or not. And, um, you know, they were leaving notes on my car door and just checking in. I had one friend come over and make me a meal. She was like, I bet no one has cooked you a meal in a really long time. And I was like, "Uh, okay. So, you know, I mean, just, it's amazing. And I, and I looked at these women and I thought to myself, you guys are all so heroic in your own lives. And, you're so busy. You've got, you know, kids to look after and a job and a husband and some extracurriculars and all these things. And yet somehow, even though you're super busy, you have carved out a little piece of your day for me. And that meant the world to me. And I felt like I needed to, I don't know, I just felt this, something was just on my heart to really think like, what talent do you have that you could then show these women just how gorgeous they are and how important they are, not only to the people that around them, but in in their own eyes. Because I also observed, um, part of the way that I run my business is that I do offer an ordering session. I have a studio space, so I'll shoot the job and then I'll edit the job. I'll send them their gallery and then they pick sort of their favorites. We come back, we have some time on my couch to review those favorites and then they place their order there. So During my couch time with my client, by and large, it was the mother that was coming in to place that order. We would be sitting on the couch and we would be going through the gallery and we would be picking our favorites and talking a little bit about everything. But then we would get to that one picture of the mom just by herself that I intentionally took because I think that it's important for us to exist in our family's history. She would just skip it. And every time, I mean, I'm telling you, 99 out of 100 moms would just skip that photo of themselves. And I thought to my, it was heartbreaking for me that here we were again and again and again. And I just observed it and observed it. And I thought, what happened that we have lost the value that you will buy pictures of your husband with your kids. You'll buy pictures of your kids by themselves. You'll buy some of you as a group, but the one of you by yourself, there's no value in. And I would venture to guess that your children, when they're grown, would say there is a tremendous amount of value in that photograph. Mom, don't skip it. So uh, for me, these photo sessions, I offer a beautiful hair and makeup, some champagne, a breakfast. I really want them to feel pampered and that they're enjoying a day, a little bit of rest for themselves, um, something to enjoy in the here and now. But what I want to create for them is value in themselves that then becomes this legacy portrait that their family will have forever. So I've kind of structured it that way. I, I offer a reveal. I actually have a reveal this afternoon with a very, very special client that I'm really excited about. So I get the photos printed, they go up on my wall, and they have to take time to intentionally come in and and see it, see the work we've created. I mean, we are in this digital age where everything is instant and everything's on a phone and it's two inches tall. The last thing that I want after, you know, having them come in for a full day experience is for me to email them their gallery and be like, your pictures are ready and they're at the grocery store with three kids in the cart and they're like, yay, my pictures are ready and they open it up and it's on a two inch iPhone and they're tearing it, you know. The first thing that we do as women is look for the flaw. And when I have a woman come back in here for her reveal, I say, don't look for the flaw. You're beautiful. You're here with a lot of times they bring their husbands or their family members. And it's just incredible the things that have happened as a result of this. I have had women that have come in that are celebrating another birthday because they just went through a battle of breast cancer. I've had women come through who are, have been in a divorce situation like, like I was and are kind of finding their way. Um, I've had women that have come in that have lost 150 pounds and still because of that sort of mental di- body image dysmorphia don't see themselves the way they look in the mirror. They, st- they look in the mirror and they don't see this new person and they feel that th- the pieces don't quite fit with this new body and so this is an opportunity for me to help them make that fit. So. I could not have imagined all of these wonderful stories and these, this willingness for these women to really open up and share with me a piece of their lives that maybe they weren't comfortable sharing with anyone else. So it's a great responsibility that I have. And I will, I'm will. i telling you the it's honest truth that I fall in love with every client I shoot. Everyone. Yeah.
0: <laughs> do I do I hear a little bit of emotion in your voice? Little, because-
1: yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking at my reveal wall right now and... These women are so spectacular. Hmm. So,
0: well, I, I have to say it again: the passion that you exude for <laughs> what you do is is absolutely beautiful, and I can only imagine how that how that translates through to the experience that you're creating for your clients. And it's no surprise that you're doing so well in business because, you know, it's one thing to it's one thing to do business with someone; it's another thing if. In the process of doing business with that individual or with that company they make you feel good and if you know even a fraction of the passion that you're communicating right now in this conversation is translated through to the way that you engage with your clients uh, i mean success times 100 i, I can only imagine so uh, it, seriously kudos to you because that is that is really really powerful where do you think that that intense passion comes from I mean, you're talking about the idea of or, or this the, the experience that you had, the women that were reaching out to you as you were going through the divorce, but is there something that's a bit deeper than that? Where Where do you think that comes from?
1: I don't know. I mean, I I can't really say. Um, I really can't say. I mean, I think it's just I I was keen on observing. Like I said, I I observe these women. I relate to them. Um, and I just felt like, okay, what talent do I have that I could give that give them some, you know some idea of what they mean to, to the people that love them. And, and, and inward, I feel like we so easily give compassion away. It's so easy for us, but to, to show ourselves a little compassion, it seems like a selfish, egotistical thing. And I don't think it needs to be like I purposely, when I started the project, I targeted a few of my friends and I said, okay, girls, you're my fab five. Just come into my studio and allow me to photograph you in a way that I want. I promise you it'll be a great experience, and all that I ask in return is that you give me honesty in your feedback, and I'm going to just record. We'll do a couple little interviews, and those interviews ended up being little trailers for how I ended up marketing them. To They're called the Siren Sessions, and that's how I market the Siren Sessions in, in, um, at the Introduction of it all, and one of my good friends, I would see her constantly, and she would always be looking super cute. And I would say, "Hey, Lindsay, you look so cute today." And she would just be like, "I just rolled out of the shower. I have no makeup on, or whatever. I'm dropping the kids off," and would always give me like a million excuses of why that wasn't true. And I purposely had her come in here because I wanted. I she walked in the door, and I said, "Lindsay, I'm going to tell you, you're beautiful." probably 50 times today. And if you roll your eyes once, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna totally let you have it because all you have to say is thank you. Mm. You're not selfish and let that sink in a little bit because you are beautiful. And so I think that it became this, like just, I became, I felt like I needed to change these, the idea that they had in their minds a little bit. And this is just sort of my crusade. Um, Was that they show themselves a little compassion. And I know that a little bit of that has come from the yoga practice as well, because self love and self care might seem selfish, but the idea of being at your best and operating at your best means that you can be of service to others. I know I'm a better mom and I'm a better, you know, um, I'm a better boss and I'm a better, I'm a better photographer and a better business owner because and a better friend because I am able to take care of myself. And that's really important. If you run yourself into the ground, then you're no good to anybody else. So, taking a little bit of time out to do something kind for yourself and to speak kindly in your own mind to yourself is a good thing.
0: Well, and you know, in addition to helping these women feel beautiful, I think at the root level of that or big piece of the root Root of all of that is the fact that you're even helping them feel seen. We all want to feel some type of significance, and I think at the base level, that significance is simply being seen. And if if you offer that to them, and then not only that, you compound that with helping them feel beautiful. I, I mean, I, again, I, I can only imagine what that scene looks like uh, yeah. based on what you described to me, but. These clients have to w- walk away feeling like a million bucks, and yeah. it sounds like that—that that passion and the effort to make them feel seen and to be seen beautifully—is—is is, it's exuding from you, but I'm sure it's translating wonderfully to them as well. And uh, that just speaks volumes for what what your business is about. I love that you've got a a mission. You know, it's one thing to start a photography business. I think I spoke about this in one of uh, my content videos I created the other day. But when I got into photography, I, it was just kind of on a whim. Uh, I was, frankly, at the time, trying to get out of the direction that I was going with my career and, and college and so forth, and photography just kind of happened, and I was excited about the, the equipment and and just started taking pictures. But the whole game changes when you actually have a mission, something that you're fighting for, that you're working toward, mm-hmm. and to then add to that element the fact that you are working toward bettering the lives of other people, it's that much more powerful and I can only imagine that much more fulfilling as well. Yeah, uh, This is just a really a, a beautiful thing and I, I appreciate you like sharing a with kind us. Kind of a
1: fluffy level, like a not deep level. Sometimes it's just kind of fun to come in and have your hair and makeup done and it's like being a little girl again and like being, playing dress up. I mean, I feel like there's a, we connect to our little girl selves in a way, then that just on, on on that little piece by itself, while it may seem frivolous, is just fun. Sure. So you know, I think that there's a lot of layers, and I hope that every woman that comes in experiences at least a few of them. So,
0: you posted a quote uh, on on Facebook the other day. It says, "I stopped looking for the light. I decided to become it instead," and that that really speaks volumes. I think to. Uh, the mission that you're talking about with your business. But what does that quote mean to you?
1: I just think like looking for it can be such a grind. It's such a grind. It's like the elusive thing, like, Mm. like balance is the, you know, it's the unicorn in life. Like it's such a grind that just keeps searching and digging and searching and digging. But then if you just look in the mirror and say, Hey, you know, I'm part of this, you know, universe here, and I have to play my my little piece. And every piece that everybody plays is important in making the whole thing work. Um, so it's just got to start right here. So, you know, if I can wake up and be kind and have a little peace in my life and know that I'm can, like I said, rest my head on my pillow and feel good about that day, then then I'm doing it. That's enough, and that's okay.
0: That's incredible. Well, you've certainly created a a beautiful piece of the universe there and you're in you're in Eastern Shore, Maryland, correct?
1: Yeah. It's it's uh it's kinda cool. I live in a very beautiful area. If you've ever seen the movie Wedding Crashers, it was filmed where I live. So that's kinda it's gorgeous Chesapeake Bay country, but it's great. It's like, you know, two hours from Philly, two hours from DC, an hour from Annapolis, Baltimore. So it's kinda got this really great like proximity to lots of cities, but it's a very rural area. So, you know, getting here can be tricky, but it's worth it.
0: Well, where can photographers find out more about your business and more specifically the siren sessions and, and yeah. this wonderful service that you're offering to women?
1: Well, thanks. Um, my website is Katie and it's spelled P E G H E R. Um, I do have like sort of an e-magazine that I created about the Siren Sessions. There's a whole section of my website that is dedicated to the Siren Sessions, but there's an e-magazine that I would love to email anybody. Um, they can find me at Katie Peger Photography on Facebook and just send me a message and I can send them the link to that. Um, it's on issue, so it's pretty easy to just send out. I'd love to do that.
0: That's Awesome. Thank you so much for making time for this and for sharing your passion. It really does just come through in a powerful way. You guys check out Katie's work at katiepegger.com and uh, I'm sure you can reach out to her there if you have comments uh, or just want to empathize or share with her um, in her mission, which again is such a beautiful one. Thanks, Katie, for sharing that today.
1: Thank you, Kate. I'm honored to be here.
0: Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. If you'd like to hear a particular photographer or entrepreneur in a future episode, don't hesitate to email me, Nathan at PhotographersEdit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom post production for the wedding and portrait photographer.